Hello everyone, welcome to the Arsenal Way Press Box Show. I'm delighted to be joined by Kaya Kainak, Arsenal writer for Football London for this show today. Kaya, how are you doing, my friend? I'm good, mate. Thank you very much for having me on again. How about yourself? Yeah, no, I'm very well. Uh, thank you. Apologies if uh, my internet dips throughout this. The wind is playing havoc with us all today um, as the storm surfaces, especially over in East Anglia, which is where I'm based today. Um, so, yeah, uh, apologies for that. But, um, Kaya, um, obviously an important game for Arsenal tomorrow, um, a chance for for the team to continue um, a good run of form, obviously coming off the back of that intense game it must be said uh, at Wolves away um, uh, just over a week ago we managed to get over the line of course despite having 10 men on the pitch the team had to show real determination and grit throughout the match but um, tomorrow will be a slightly different test obviously back at home in front of the uh, Arsenal fans against the Brentford team of course are struggling for form at the moment how confident are you going into this one but yet how you know important is it for Arsenal to continue that momentum going yeah, you've got to be confident um, for this game. I think if Arsenal can't be confident of beating a team in Brentford who are, I think, on one of the, the worst runs of form in the Premier League at home, uh, then, you know, when can they be confident? Obviously, this is a very different Brentford side from when Arsenal played them on the opening day of the season. It's a very different Arsenal side from when they played Brentford on the opening day of the season. Obviously, no more, well, as far as we know, no COVID uh, outbreak within the squad. You know, you can never really um, say anything with too much certainty these days, but it doesn't seem like there's any COVID outbreak within the squad. Um, obviously, a lot of those injured players are back now. There was no party that day, no Gabriel that day. I think Pablo Marie had to play at centre-back. He's obviously left the club. Callum Chambers was at right-back. He's left the club. Bern Leno was in goal. Probably won't play. Um, if you're looking at people from that game, I mean, the the, the transformation is is massive and Arsenal were a very different side now. So, yeah, you've got to you've got to be confident. I think Brentford, it's a, it's a doubt whether Ivan Tony's going to be fit. It doesn't look like Christian Eriksen's going to be in the squad for them either. So, they're still a strong side and um, they can cause Arsenal a lot of problems. But I, I think Arsenal have to, have to be backing themselves to win. If they don't win these kind of games, then top four is going to be very difficult. So, yeah, this is the kind of game Arsenal really have to win. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree. And, um, you know, despite that that uh, frustrating opening game of the, the, the league season, um, 189 nights ago, it was specifically, I only know that because I've done a, a piece on that today and how far Arsenal have come as a team um, since then. It was frustrating, that defeat, and it was unacceptable. Obviously, we had to um, take into consideration many factors that were leading to players being unavailable, such as COVID, as you mentioned, Kaya, and injuries. Uh, we didn't obviously have all of our summer signings through the door as well at that point. Um, I still feel as if we had enough quality, though, to, to get the job done there. Unfortunately, we, we didn't. Um, I mean, you touched on it there a little bit of how far Arsenal have come as a team uh, since that opening day defeat, Kaya. What has been... The, the difference in this transformation, do you think? You know, what has Mikel Arteta been doing uh, with the players and, and to change uh, not only the mindset, but to in, improve the belief around the club? Because that would have been a, a dampener, wouldn't it? That opening day defeat against a newly promoted side. Yeah, uh, what's changed, I would say the defence is a lot more strong. Um, Arsenal keep clean sheets now. They didn't really do that at the start of the season. What was it? Nine goals in three games. It was pretty appalling. And, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's really improved. And obviously, Ben White's played a part in that. Ramsdale's arrival, Tommy Asu's arrival, all big things. Uh, the midfield being a lot stronger in front of them. Jack has looked pretty decent recently. Partey as well. So that, for me, has been the big change. Arsenal are a lot more difficult to beat as opposed to the team that 
went to the Brentford Community Stadium at the start of the season. I think Arteta's got them a lot better set up. I, I did an article this morning on sort of how he's subtly changed them from a, a 4-2-3-1 team to a 4-3-3 team that sort of has a hybrid in between the two setups with Xhaka on that left-hand side doing a sort of 6-8 uh, role. And I think that that's working really well for this Arsenal side and they seem to have found their groove recently, which is which is a good thing for them. And um, listen, obviously, we all know that up front, they need to be more efficient. Arteta said that in his press conference today. They need to take chances. They could easily, against Wolves, if Lacazette had, had his shooting boots on, 1-2 or 3-0. And that I, it would have flattered them on the day because I don't think they were particularly outstanding, but it would have been a much more impressive result. And those are the kind of things Arsenal need to work on if they're to go to the next level. We're talking challenging for, I don't know, top three, top two, even top one in the Premier League. Then you can start to talk about those kind of things. But until then, yeah, the defence has improved and the midfield looks a, a bit better as well. Obviously, improvements do need to come in the summer and we all know that's going to happen. But for now, at least, um, I think Arsenal's defence is what's uh, helped the turnaround. Yeah, absolutely. As you touched on there, several different improvements all over the squad, really, since that opening day defeat away against Brentford. But just focusing back on tomorrow, obviously, we know Gabriel Martinelli is going to be serving that suspension, obviously, after picking up that uh, questionable red card, it must be said, at Wolves. Uh, do you think this opens the door back up for Nicola Pepe to get into the team? Maybe Kyle, or would you expect maybe Emil Smith-Rowe to, to get back into the team again obviously he's been such a vital part of Arsenal's team this season a very talented um, player who obviously since signing that new contract last summer given the, getting the number 10 shirt he, he's, he's handled the pressure really well hasn't he and really stood up to the expectations so obviously it's been harsh you know where he hasn't been in, in the team but Martinelli's been doing so well do you think Smithrow will come straight back in tomorrow or do you think actually Arteta will sit there and think, well, Nicola Pepe maybe needs to get more game time under his belt and we'll throw him in tomorrow? I think we'll see Emil Smithrow come back in. I'd be very surprised personally if Nicola Pepe does start on the left. I think it'd be a bit of a slap mm -hmm. in the face for Smithrow as well if, if that does end up happening. I just don't think it's the, the right call for Arteta to make. I think in terms of uh, a combination as well with um, Kieran Tierney down the left side. I think uh, Smith Rowe's got a better partnership with uh, with him. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Smith Rowe back. I think he's obviously unlucky to um, have been left out of the squad. Um, he's only out because of how good Gabriel Martinelli has been. And Gabriel Martinelli was player of the month in December. So I think that's a, a sign of just how good he's been. Um, that's not to say Smith Rowe's been bad or anything. I just think, yeah, he's been a very unfortunate victim of when he got his injury. Martinelli came in and took his chance. Now, Smith-Rowe has his chance. Martinelli's very unlucky to be out the side because I think we all can agree the red card was a little bit questionable. So it's now up to Emil Smith-Rowe to come in. He's got this opportunity. He has to take it. And if, if, if he wants to be starting that next game against Wolves four days after, we're talking maybe a goal, maybe an assist, some sort of definite match-winning contribution has to come from him. And it's a lot of pressure, but if you're going to play for a top team like Arsenal, um, it's the kind of pressure you have to deal with. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is what, you know, exactly what Mikel Arteta wants from his players, demands from his players, no matter if you're first choice, second choice, even third choice, you know, when you're given the opportunity to play for the Arsenal, you've got to take every opportunity and with both hands and really give your all, impress, um, push yourself to be the best version mm -hmm. of, that you can be. And that's what Smith Rowe's now got to do. He's already done it in an Arsenal shirt many times. But now he needs to impress again and find consistency in his performances to really stamp down that that place that Gabriel Martinez held for for some time now. Uh, obviously, so Martinelli out of the frame for tomorrow, Kaya. But Tommy Asu 
could potentially be back involved. Mick Arteta, I think he said in his press conference earlier today that he's in contention. He's been training over the last few days. Do you think Arteta will be brave enough to throw him straight into the mix or do you think he'll maybe just play things a bit carefully, ease him back in? Uh, it's difficult to say. I actually thought Cedric was pretty good last week against Wolves. Um, I thought he had a really good game, probably one of his best games in an Arsenal shirt. And maybe if you're looking at that, it's a bit harsh to drop him. But if you look at the way Brentford's uh, targeted Arsenal and caused them lots of problems at the start of the season, it was through those aerial bombardments, if you like. And if you're going to block that, then you need Takira Tomiyasu in your team. He's the best player I think Arsenal have in their squad in the air. So if he's fit, then for me, against Brentford, he probably should play. Whether he'll be ready to then play four days later against Wolves, that's a different question. And maybe you bring Cedric back in for that game. I don't know. I think Cedric, to be fair, deserves a lot of credit for coming back in and showing the amount of professionalism that he did because that was his first start in the Premier League since August. Uh, you know, that's that's a pretty quick turnaround, uh, pretty impressive turnaround from him. That was also his first start after a month out from injury. So he gets a lot of credit. Uh, sorry, criticism from Arsenal fans, but I think he deserves credit for the way he came in and put in a really good performance. But having said that, Tommy Asu is the first choice and I think he's the first choice for a reason because of what he offers defensively, what he offers on the ball, his two-footedness. So Arsenal have missed that in the right-back position. And if Ben White's looking to bounce back in his performance and sort of, uh, I guess, get a bit of revenge on Brentford, then having Tommy Asu alongside him will make that a lot easier. We all know what Tommy Asu brings to the party. And I think if he if he's available to start, then Arsenal will be a, a stronger team for it. But having said that, I don't think Cedric is necessarily a bad option to have. And I think if we think about how the game is going to play out, Arsenal will expect to have the majority of the possession and will expect to be spending a lot of the time in Brentford's half. With that in mind, it would seem that Cedric could potentially be a good option, given how good he is going forward. But listen, if Tommy Asu is fit, then let's hope he can play. Yeah, I agree. I think Cedric actually had a, a solid game against Wolves the other week. And um, I don't think he was actually one of the starters or uh, at Brentford earlier on in the season um, for the opening match uh, where we did lose 2-0. So, um, you know, he's a, he's a suitable, he's a decent option to have, I suppose, when you do need to throw him in. And, um, you know, yeah, like I say, and as you touched on there, Kaya, it may be a bit harsh to drop him after um, a relatively good game away at Wolves. But then again, you know, Tommy Asu's qualities that you highlighted, um, really important to Arsenal, the way they play, especially against opposition who do have a, quite a bit of physical presence, which Brentford do, of course. So, um, yeah, it'll be an interesting one, I suppose. Do you think, Kai, the fact that Tommy Asu's had, had these niggles throughout the season, he's maybe not been 100% match fit yet, Mick Arteta has previously still played him. You reckon that's sometimes, you know, taking a big risk, doing more harm than good, and Arteta's learnt from that and actually could take a different approach tomorrow? Maybe. Um, I don't really blame Arteta for playing Tommy Asu when he did against Liverpool at the time. Chambers was out with a neck injury, Cedric was out with a hip mm. injury, and Maitland-Niles had already gone to, to Roma. So the only option really was to shift Ben White across. And then you're looking at sort of Ben White up against uh, someone like Jota, who was, was really causing us a lot of problems that night. So it would have been a lot to ask him to do maybe a little bit more exposed, I think. So I, I think Arsenal probably made the right call on that night. Obviously, it ended up aggravating Tommy Asu's injury and it was essentially for nothing because Arsenal didn't progress. If Arsenal had gone on to win that game, I don't think we'd be having this conversation. I think we'd be saying, look, he took the risk and it was, it was, it was what Arsenal needed on the night. So it's one of those things where in hindsight you can say maybe it was a bit of a mistake and I, I, I don't personally think that's that's fair. I think it was what had to be done and Tommy Asu, listen, it's a credit to him that he was willing to play essentially with one calf. I mean, that's that's no mean feat and 
against Liverpool with a team like them who have such a set amazing wingers. It's yeah, a real a real sign of his commitment to the cause and the sign of the character of the player Arsenal have signed. And that's a, that's a massive factor in the recruitment policy. Eddie's spoken about that. Josh Kroenke's spoken about that. And Arteta said, first and foremost, it's the character of the players they look at. And yeah, Tommy Asti is a character. And listen, if he's, you get the feeling that if Tommy Asti feels he's even 80, if even 50% ready to uh, play on, on Saturday, he'll be pushing for it. But it's now up to Arteta to sort of be a little bit more responsible look at the long term, like you say, this time around and maybe think, look, you might not be able to play this game, but we need you on Thursday for an even more important game against Wolves where you're going to be very needed. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, you mentioned Edu transfer strategy just then, Cara, and that actually brings us nicely on to, to the next topic that we're going to discuss. And that is Matt Turner, who, although hasn't officially been announced yet by Arsenal, I believe it was you actually, Cara, that reported that Arsenal won't um, announce it officially until the summer once he's done his proper Arsenal medicals, etc. But it is expected Matt Turner will be at Arsenal next season. Um, and he has been speaking uh, to the US media um, over the last 24, 48 hours. And he said um, that he's not going to just come over here to collect a, a paycheck and, and relax in, in the sunset. He's going to come here and push myself and Ramsdale and continue to help him get better and help myself get better. With those quotes, Kaya... <laughs> Do they pretty much confirm and tell us why Mikel Arteta has gone for someone like Matt Turner in particular? He's got a great attitude, great mentality, obviously a very good personality as well. I think he's he's been undrafted in in, in the MLS before and with the national team as well. So he's he's done really well to bounce back from low points throughout his career. I, I think this just summarises nicely, doesn't it, that Arsenal you know, are pushing for these special characters with, with strong mindsets and great personalities like we've seen from someone like Aaron Ramsdale, for example, from the summer. We've seen what he's provided on the pitch and off it as well. So do those quotes from Turner pretty much, you know, just tell us why Arteta's gone for him in particular? Yeah, if it wasn't for Matt Turner's mentality, he would be nowhere near this move right now. A lot of people would have given up in his situation and I don't think they would have been blamed for doing that. His his story is remarkable and I'm, I'm working on a, a longer term feature um, about it so I'll try not to give too much away but a little <laughs> anecdote which I, I found from speaking to someone who was sort of key in his coming up from uh, his, his college team, what we know as a university team, up to uh, the pros was um, in his final year at university, well his penultimate year at university in the summer um, students essentially get time off and uh, where he was at university he's by the beach most students in that time uh, we all know um, I'm sure we've all seen like American movies where they go and, and college students on holiday they do that kind of thing Matt Turner spent the entire time coming into training every day working extra double sessions with his goalkeeping coach trying to improve trying to become better and that was just to become number one at his university team that wasn't even to become one of the pros Matt Turner's mentality is unquestionable it's elite and I think his commitment is is something that will never be called into question. Listen, there are some flaws to his game. So if you look at his playing out from the back, not as good as someone like a Ramsdale. And I don't think anyone's really expecting him to come in and take that number one spot. But he's an ambitious guy. He's he's come from being nowhere and he's refused to accept that. He's he's always been written off throughout his career. So it's nothing new to him. I think he'll be coming in to this opportunity thinking, look, this is a great opportunity for me to progress my career, work with some of the best coaches in Europe, some of the best facilities in Europe, play in, some of, in one of the biggest stadiums in Europe, uh, among some of the best fans in Europe. 
And it's going to be a pretty incredible experience for him. And listen, if if he can push Aaron Ramsdale, then that's going to be an even better thing. We've seen Arsenal have made mistakes when signing backup goalkeepers in the past. We look at Runa Alex Rinnison last season and how much Bern Leno's form kind of suffered without a proper backup. I'm not saying that Leno or Rinnison could really be blamed for Leno's sort of dwindling in form, but I think we can all agree that he got a little bit too comfortable in his position in the number one spot at Arsenal and that improved in the second half of the season when Matt Ryan came in. So we all know that it's important to have a good number two and those guys are kind of few and far between. Matt Turner's a great guy around the training ground from all accounts and from what I've heard. So he's someone who I think Arsenal are going to really like and I think Arsenal fans are going to warm to him quite quickly because he's very open, he's very happy to speak to the press, he's very down to earth. So I think, yeah, I think we're going to get we're going to get to know Matt Turner pretty well from the summer onwards and he's going to be the kind of guy I think Arsenal fans are going to like and if he can push Aaron Ramsdale then yeah all the better for him yeah well that that sounds very reassuring and I'm sure the Arsenal fans will be glad to hear that and we look forward to seeing more of your feature that you're working on Kerr absolutely you made an interesting point there where you were saying that perhaps the the playing out from the backside of, of Turner's game isn't as strong as someone like Aaron Ramsdale and he's still got several areas to work on but do you think Mikel Arteta Redu and the recruitment team have actually looked to, more to his character and his personality off the pitch and said, well, look, we, we, you mentioned it then, the, the hard work that he, he put in as a youngster uh, to try and improve and to try and grow as a player. Do you think they've gone, well, look, he may not be strong in this area or that area, but he's proven before in his career that he'll give 110% in improving for us. And they've gone, well, you know, so it's not the end of the world that he's not strong from playing out of the back. We know he can easily put his mind to on, on improving in that area in the future. Yeah, Arteta wants good characters around the training ground. I think we've seen that with his policies in terms of a recruitment. You look at the guys who have come in, none of them are really troublemakers. None of them are really, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, people who might step out of line, I guess. Um, and you look at some of the players who he's let go or some of the people he's taken on in terms of personality. And I'm not saying that Aubameyang was a troublemaker. I think his professionalism was actually better than most people gave him credit for, if not his timekeeping. So that's a, that's a different story to get into for a different time. But someone like an Ozil, someone like a Guendouzi, Arteta doesn't really have time for those kind of guys. And Maitland-Niles, for example, when he was sort of having attitude issues reportedly, um, he wasn't given first-team opportunities. And that is something Arteta holds in high stock. When he's talking about recruitment, the first thing he mentions above anything else is character. So it's interesting to see that. I think it's a, a wise policy, particularly for a player who's essentially not going to be playing Premier League games. Let's be realistic about Matt Turner's time at Arsenal. He might be able to push Ramsdale, but we're not expecting him to play Premier League matches. So for that kind of guy, you want him to be a good character. You want him to be able to be someone who can keep spirits high around the training ground. And listen, that's that's a really important role within the squad. And quality in terms of uh, ability on the pitch is really important, but quality in terms of character off it is also something Mikel Arteta values very highly. He's big on what you transmit in terms of energy, in terms of vibes, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I'm not surprised to see that someone with the character of Matt Turner is, has been appointed. I'm, I'm sure that Arteta's done his background research because it seems like with every transfer Arsenal are making right now, they really put in the hard work. They really put in the whole nine yards. My colleague Chris Wheatley reported with the Ben White signing, they were really impressed. His agent was really impressed with how much detail Arsenal put into the scouting of Ben White. So, it seems like they're doing that with all their transfers. And listen, Arsenal have gone from a position of being in a place where they're making panic buys, short-term buys. You look at Willian, that deal will always stand out like a sore thumb in Arteta's transfer record. We seem to have moved on from those kind of deals at Arsenal. And that's a good thing, I think. And someone like a Matt Turner, his kind of character, 
we'll wait to see how he is on the pitch, but I think he's he's going to be a good guy to have around the dressing room for sure. Good. Well, that's, that's very good and very positive to hear. And as you said, you know, we've been there before making big money buys, panic buys on players that we, we feel are going to make a, a difference straight away. But actually, that isn't always the case. And we've had to transition ourselves from that sort of strategy to a more uh, sustainable, as, as Mikhail Teta has worded it before, and more um, careful approach in terms of not just the quality that we're aiming for, but the personalities and characters as well. Um Lastly, before we wrap up, Kaya, just going back to tomorrow's match against Brentford, I've got to ask you, what are your predictions going into this one tomorrow? It's a hard one to predict, isn't it? Um, every instinct seems to suggest that Arsenal will win this game, but every time he seems to say that, then Arsenal seems to struggle. Uh, I thought Arsenal would win Burnley, and they didn't. I'm going to go for 2-0, though, having said that. just sort of, I've got all my caveats out of the way, so that way I can sort of say, if Arsenal do end up having a poor performance, I can say, well, I did say this. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to go 2-0 to Arsenal. I think, listen, Brentford at home, like I said, is the kind of game you've got to win if you want to get top four. Arsenal want to get top four, so they've got to win it. And hopefully they'll be able to do it relatively comfortably and with a chance to maybe rest some key players, manage their minutes going into what I think is a much more important game on Thursday night against Wolves. Yeah, fingers crossed. And I was going to go for 2-0 as well, actually, but to mix things up a little bit, I'll say 3-1. Um, you know, Brentford do still uh, you know, cause problems going forward. They've got some dangerous players in the attack as well. But ultimately, I think we have more quality all over the pitch. We're in a much better position than where we were at the start of the season. And potentially with Smith-Rowe coming back into the team, who we know can score goals, he can contribute uh, tomorrow as well. Kaya, thank you very much for joining me today, mate. Really appreciate it as always. Before uh, we end it there, did you just want to tell everyone where they can follow you on socials? Yeah, no worries. Thank you for having me on. Um, on Twitter at KayaKainak97 and then you can find me on Facebook at KayaKainak Journalist. Or not at KayaKainak Journalist, just KayaKainak Journalist. I'll, I'll get it right one of these days. <laughs> yeah, that brilliant stuff, mate. Appreciate it as always. Um, thank you to everyone for tuning into this Press Box show. Fingers crossed for a positive Arsenal result tomorrow. Stay safe, have a great day and we'll catch you on the next Arsenal Way Press Box show. But until then, keep following us down the Arsenal Way. <laughs>